This is the way. space for grown-up talk about childish shit tonight we are reviewing chapter 12 of the mandalorian entitled the siege let's get going up nerd and up nerd let's go Man, just uh, just chillaxing. You know what I was? Just, you know what I just thought about? What's that? Sorry, I'm sorry. Were you? Did I cut you off? Or you? No, I was gonna say okay. uh, just chillaxing. Um, still, still pondering. Not pondering, but soaking in that last episode. I, I don't know. I really did. Huge. It. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty huge episode, huh? Yeah, no, it was good. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um. We will we'll we'll jump into that, but uh, first we're just yeah. gonna you know shoot the shit like we usually do. Word up. <laughs> um, yeah, the audio sounds a little strange to me. Do you think I'm cutting out at no, all right now? Not, not not on my end. You're good. Okay. Okay. Good. So. Um, then let's go because we got a lot to go on. Uh, the first thing I want to touch on, we didn't discuss this previously. It just jumped into my head on the way in here. Okay. Um, the Star Wars Lego Christmas special on Disney Plus. The holiday special. Yes, thank yes. you. The holiday special. Yes. Um, I don't know who, how many people are watching this. Uh, <laughs> I feel like uh, Star Wars Lego is an even deeper nerd uh, hole to be in than just Star Wars, right? It's like it's a, like a, an even smaller audience. So I, I enjoy don't know. it. I enjoy it. I I it's actually fun. yeah I actually have a couple of like. Um, Star Wars Lego DVDs. I enjoyed the Star Wars, or sorry, the Lego movie. Um, yep. I think they they're good. I, I really like their stuff. So um, they're fun. Yeah, they are. Um, not obviously like something like the holiday Lego Star Wars special, whatever however you want to call it. <laughs> um, it's not something you're gonna take in seriously. It's not like something right. like you can't analyze it. No, it's it's no. you gotta take it for face value. It's just yeah. a cute little take on star wars it's silly right? fun yeah it's yeah. exactly what it is a lot and of a lot of jokes poking at the movies in it um like even i don't know if you caught it like even uh that one part when all the the characters are coming into the party and guido yells mcclunky you know what i mean he's just like yeah yep, yep. <laughs> he's like no, that it's, it's full you know, of current reference yeah. jokes yeah no, it's absolutely. hilarious yeah, honestly it's funny yeah it's, it's um but the point that I wanted to make about it was, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, without trying to do a whole review of the whole thing, okay. um, the in like the first few minutes of it, and I and I mentioned this to you, I messaged you about this. Uh, in the first few minutes of it, 
Ray is trying to cheat, was trying to train Finn to yeah. be a Jedi. Yeah. And I was like, first of all, I was like, wow, that's great. They did what everybody wanted them to do in the movies, but they, but they didn't um, yeah. in this. Uh, but then like, like, like two minutes in, they have Finn do the running man. <laughs> <laughs> like this really yeah. corny, like, like stereotypical, yeah. like, cool black character thing the whole yeah. thing that ray that ray what's his name uh cyborg is fighting against right now right. in public like like i won't say booyah because that's like the like this stereotypical like you know quote unquote black cool black character kind of thing right. that you you won't put me in that box and um not for nothing but finn uh what's the actor's name now uh um, john boyega john boyega thank you uh like Finn's kind of political and has kind of said the same thing. Like, uh, uh, like this character that like they didn't take it seriously enough. And you know, he was kind of bugged him a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I just feel like, I just feel like having Finn do the running man in the very beginning of this thing, when John Boyega has been so vocal that he's not coming back for any Disney plus shit. So there was no way like he was going to be involved with Although this in any way. Allegedly they talked to him and, uh, changed his mind. That was really, well, that was like a, a news thing from last last week. I don't okay. know. I don't know if they actually did change <laughs> his mind. We'll but see. We'll see. Apparently, he it went would, in for you know a meeting or something. When, when you with when you look at when you look at what they can do with mm-hmm. the Mandalorian right now, the idea that anybody would say they are too big to come back for yeah. a Star Wars Disney Plus show it would be insane. Because That's ridiculous. Like yeah. these episodes are better than some of the movies right now, and they're just and they all they're doing right now is proving what they can do. Like Mm. it's just the beginning, right? So the future of star Wars television is so bright based on what we see right now. Like we're going to see like master filmmakers come and make amazing star Wars TV series. I I believe, I believe. And so, so John Boyega would be crazy to say he's, no, I agree. Like, uh, I'm sorry. I love John Boyega. Um, fuck attack, attack the block all day, man. That's my my movie. man. sure. Yeah, um, sure. and when I, when I heard that they, they casted, uh, what was his name on this movie? Moses. When they, when they casted Moses as in oh, Star Wars, if I remember correctly, yeah. it's Moses. I was just like, yo, that's fucking dope. And I'll be honest, everything that he's done after Star Wars has been subpar. Like, come on, Pacific Rim right. 2 is shit. Yeah. Um, he was in that, um, that movie about the rides. Uh, was it called Detroit or whatever? I, I didn't uh, even, he, I didn't he had a, that. he had a bit part in it. Like, yeah. Like he was a he was he was supposed to be like a starring role, but what I saw of the movie, he was hardly in it. <laughs> and I was just well, like, this movie's crap. Um, so I'm sorry, like you're not bigger than Disney, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, so, yeah, they will Disney Plus you someday, John. Yeah. I, I predict. But um, anyway, the point that I just wanted to make was, I bet you that pissed him off that they made Finn do the Running Man, well, like like right off the top of this thing. <laughs> well, let's face it, it was probably. You know, I'm not I'm not being racist by any means, but it was probably some white dude that wrote this. And at the time he was probably like yeah, I don't know. He was probably like, Hey, what would a black guy do to show that he's happy? Well, that, I mean that's exactly <laughs> Let's make what, him do the running that's man. Exactly the problem. That's exactly what it was. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. So. Anyway. <laughs> moving on. Uh we, we are gonna get to the main our main topic today, which is uh reviewing the Mandalorian yeah. uh chapter twelve, the siege, which was another amazing mind-blowing episode um but one other story we want to touch on and then maybe something else for you uh after that too um mm-hmm. 
but uh, this Wonder Woman thing, the Wonder Woman 1984 story we mentioned a couple episodes ago, because yeah. uh, Warner Brothers made this weird leak, or I don't know if it was, uh, I don't know how it got out into the news anyway, mm-hmm. that Warner Brothers was thinking about possibly doing a release on uh, HBO Max of Wonder Woman 1984 uh, following a short theatrical release, uh, like maybe two, three weeks in cinemas starting on Christmas Day. Yeah. And, uh, well, it's uh, it's official um, but, uh, I think it's, I think it's, is it coming out on the same day on HBO max? I believe I, I, I'm pretty sure it said, if I remember correctly on, on the trailer, it said both on coming out on Christmas day, but I guess when I saw somewhere else, it was like a week earlier, it was coming out in theaters and then on Christmas day, it was coming out on thing. Don't quote me on that. I just, okay. I do remember seeing that somewhere. Um, let's see if I can pull it up. Would it be on IMDb? Uh, I see it in Canada. It's going to stream on Crave. Well, I don't think we have HBO right. Max in Canada. Well, we so have in HBO, Canada, yeah. it's coming out following the theatrical release in Canada. So it may still be the case on HBO Max as well. Uh, I'm not sure, but anyway, mm-hmm. it's 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 happening. It's and 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 the world is shocked, uh, especially the the theater, the world of uh, the the movie theater industry. Um, you know. Uh, is streaming going to wipe out movie theaters? Are movie theaters ever going to be as big as they were again? Are we ever going to see a movie in theaters that profits a billion dollars in theaters again? So. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I don't. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sure, I hope so too. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know though. Um, but uh, I'm glad they're doing this. Like Warner Brothers, like they said, or their news came out anyway that the the reason they made this decision is they were worried about this movie starting to feel stale, mm-hmm. exactly the way. Um, uh, Black Widow to me feels it's not out yet and it feels stale to me. It feels like an old movie to me. Uh, they were risking doing that, like having that happen with Wonder Woman 84. I think it's the right decision. I'm very pro HBO Max uh, because I'm so stoked about what they're doing with Snyder Cut on there. Mm-hmm. And I want to support them because of their their uh, their Batman series, Gotham PD. And, uh, and I know they're doing a Suicide Squad series, Peacemaker. So like I'm super stoked about HBO Max content and I'm happy that they're using this movie, which is going to be a amazing this wonder woman 1984 movie but it is time to get it out there it is time to let us see it let us have it um i think it's a great decision yeah um is it a great marketing or i don't know if i if i use the right word yeah, it's, like if they're gonna get a return back on their money is it a great decision for them that's what that's what i'm questioning because well, i'm sure the budget was not Let's see. What's I'm see if they have the budget on here. Uh, I don't see a budget, but I, I don't know, man. I don't know if this movie's gonna make back what they what they paid as a thing. Uh, you're right. Yeah, it, it, they might. It, it might. It might suffer uh, from that. Run run it's the like... risk of this movie going down in box office history as mm-hmm. a box office bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think there'll be a giant asterisk there forever. Forever. I don't think. I don't think it'll carry the stigma that a normal box office bomb would carry. Uh, I, I don't think it'd be that much of a problem. But it, but it, I think it would translate into HBO Max subscriptions, which is true. The kind of the reason for this move, which is what right. they want. <clears throat> anyway, that's yeah. all I wanted to say about that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Kev, you uh, you want to talk about a trailer? Um, yeah. No, I um, I watched a uh, and. Now that you put me on the spot, I can't remember the name of it. Chaos, I'm sorry. Chaos Walking, um, okay. which stars um, Tom 
Tom Spider-Man Holland and Disney Ray Ridley <laughs> or Daisy Ray Ridley. Daisy Ridley. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I was just saying to you, I think you should watch this trailer. It's, it, it looks, uh-huh. it looks, it looks cool. Like it, it's a cool trailer. Um, uh, to summarize it real quickly, basically uh, Daisy Ridley um, lands on this planet and it's inhabited by men and she can see and hear their thoughts. And basically she finds out that all the women that were on this planet were, are wiped out. And she's like the only woman. And I'm assuming it's because, well, they don't tell you obviously, but I'm assuming it's because probably they could read, uh, because they're capable of reading everybody's minds and they can't read hers. So anyways, it looks, it just looks visually really, really cool. And um, no, I think you should give it a give it a chance. Wow. Just, uh, just the check plot, it out. The plot sounds like I, the plot sounds like I'm going to hate it, and it's going to be like a. That's big, not a the big plot, blip. though. That's just me summarizing okay. what I saw in the trailer. It sounds like it's going to be. There's a more to it than that, obviously, movie. dude. It <laughs> sounds like it's going to be. A, it's going to be called the most social justice warrior movie of all time because it'll be like. <laughs> Uh, the the men killed all the women because the women had a superpower. I don't know that. that they were I don't know of. that. I just okay. I'm just telling okay. you, I'm okay. just telling you okay. what I saw. In now, the let's. I'm gonna watch the trailer. Now. <laughs> I never said that they Tom killed Holland. them. <laughs> Those okay. words I'm, never I'm left my watching mouth. Watching this trailer. Now. <laughs> so, oh, are you gonna watch it right now? <laughs> Maybe they have them all locked up in a dungeon underground. That'd be even worse. No idea, but yeah. Watch, no, I'm watching it, this trailer right now. There's Daisy Ridley. She's on a spaceship. She's looking at a window. She's crashing. <laughs> Oh, there's 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 gravity. There's no gravity in space in this movie. In your spaceships. Oh, men on horses. Are you really doing this right now, dude? Yep. <laughs> she she's reading their minds. Why is she wearing similar clothes to them? She comes from a different planet. Lionsgate. Oh, it looks pretty cool. That's what I'm saying. It looks like a really cool movie. So, but anyways, <laughs> time will tell. A dark secret. Okay, seriously, you're doing this right now. <laughs> Where are all the women? Okay, no, I'll stop. Right. Sorry, I'm sorry. It's not. It's not that as was... interesting because you, you can't hear the trailer. It was more interesting for me because I had audio of the trailer, and so <laughs> I just realized you were just hearing dead silence. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. I apologize, Kev. It's all good. Um, but yeah, we will we will follow this movie, and um, I will get educated on it, and we'll talk. No, about like it. I said, it looks it looks like a really it looks like a cool uh, cool little flick. So all right, all right, all right. <clears throat> but anyways, shall we get to the main event then, sir? Yes, let's do this. The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. He's the Mandalorian. And Cara Dune and Grief Karga were waiting on Navarro for the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. And the child. Good times. Yes. So, when we meet our heroes... We pick up this episode exactly where we left off in the last episode. Yeah. We're aboard the Razor Crest. We're we're in space. We're flying, but the Razor Crest is still a little messed up. Still all beat up. Still not in great condition. No. 
and we get this opening scene, which which I don't know if you recognized it immediately, but um, immediately to me jumped out from where it's ripped off from. Okay, what was that? Uh, okay, so the scene is mm-hmm. Mandalorian uh, is trying to talk Baby Yoda through repairing something in the ship. Yeah. And Baby Baby Yoda has two wires and he can't let the wires touch and he's got to put one wire in the right place. Yeah. And and he the reason this is happening is because it's in a really tiny space that Mando can't fit. So he's like, well, you can fit in there. Maybe you can do this. So Mandalorian's trying to talk him through it, but Baby Yoda doesn't know what the hell to do. And it's all funny. It's all comical. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. And it's and it's, it's exactly funny like and it's cute. And it's exactly like Rocket and Baby Groot when yes, uh, Rocket, Groot, is, yes. Rocket is trying to talk Baby Groot yeah. to tell him how don't press this button and then this button and don't yeah. ever press this button. Yeah. It's exactly the same scene. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, so like Baby Yoda and Baby Groot, like I mean I, I don't know, man. I think that's kind of a mistake. But I'm not. It's not. It's not a serious. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a cute scene. Fine, whatever. It's it's fine. It's yeah. ripped off, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, and it's not a, it's not, that's not a major part of the show. So I'll move on. <laughs> no, it's funny uh, because, uh, no, you're right. Cause uh, I heard some other people, uh, comparing it to the whole baby group, uh, scene too. <clears throat> but, uh, I'll be honest. I, when I heard that, I, I kind of just brushed it off cause I can't remember what scene they were talking about, but now right. I know exactly, exactly what you're, what you're referring yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. pretty much the exact same. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. You're right. Um, so then, uh, we get a cute little, uh, moment where, uh, Mando and Baby Yoda are just sitting there talking about what they're, what they're going to do next. Yeah. Uh, he's like, we need some repairs. We're going to go visit some friends. How about we go to Navarro? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the scene is notable because they're drinking coffee together and Mando is lifting his helmet a little bit to drink the coffee and you actually see his chin. I like to call it soup because because in the uh, in that one episode, um, he, Baby on Yoda the, was in, yeah in the tavern it was soup. Yeah, yes. he's like want some soup, so I, I'm gonna pretend it's soup, not coffee. <laughs> but this was not from that tavern. This I know, but I like to pretend. So it's, I, it's, I assume he's got a coffee it's, machine. It's I don't know if he has a soup machine. <laughs> I, I like to pretend it's soup just because. <laughs> okay, it was already soup. a reference to soup. <laughs> okay, it's soup. Okay, soup Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call it soup. All right. Is that okay with you? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, Baby Yoda and Mando drinking. Anyway, the point is, he lifts his helmet, and yes. can you tell that it's Pedro Pascal in that moment? I can't. I no. can't. Like, I, I see his chin, yeah. and I can't tell if it's his chin or not. I love the fact. I tried, I tried to freeze frame on it, honestly, and yeah. and no, I can't tell if it's Pedro Pascal. I love the still. fact that uh, the child, uh, when he when he goes to take a sip, the child's like trying to see his face. <laughs> yes. As well. Right? Or he's at least so, looking up at him, yeah. yeah. Anyway, from uh, from that cute little scene, um, we uh, go to back to Navarro, and we're in a familiar <laughs> setting in Navarro. We are in the armorer's den <laughs> in the in the underground lair where Mando's coven was from in uh, in scene one in season one. Yeah. Uh, we know the Mandos are gone from there, and now it's just abandoned. And now it looks like some some like criminal thugs have just kind of taken over, or used it as their hideout. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they arrive, uh, from some kind of robbery and they're talking about splitting their, their take. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, they have this ferret in a cage and, and they're going to eat it. Do you know the Um, name of this, this species, by the way? 
Uh, walrus species? No, the, the, no, no. This is the species that the action figure from the original movies, the character was just called Walrus Man. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm sure they have a race name that came out later. But I don't know it. Yeah, okay. I'm just curious. Because um, I did hear someone reference it, and uh, I I don't remember what it was. Anyways, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, they kind of look more like flies than walruses to me. Uh, uh, I see walrus. Um, just because I relate it back to, like you said, that character from the right. original walrus. Film, yeah. Who was in the cantina, if I remember correctly. Uh, I think he was. Yeah, from the from the cantina. Yeah. Set. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, he was the one. Uh, he. I don't. He doesn't like you either. Right. 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 Yeah, he was the one that got his arm chopped off by uh, Luke Skywalker. I don't like you. He doesn't yes. like you either. He wasn't the one who was talking, though. No, no, no. His he was, friend he was, was the friend right. that was speaking right. gibberish, right. and he was yes. talking okay. for him. Yes. Right. Um, I don't like these masks. Again, this is just another point where like, um, now it's jumping out to me every time. Every time we see an alien race who's wearing a mask... I always look to see if their mouth moves or not mm. because like I just the the idea that they have so many alien races with static mouths um, on their rubber masks now kind of I, I don't know. It's the one place where I feel like the show seems cheap and I noticed it here. These guys, their mouths didn't move at all when they talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, that's kind of that's kind of cheap. Uh, oh, well, anyway, um, not a big deal. Uh, Cara Dune busts in. Uh, they announced it's the marshal. So now, no, so now Cara Dune is the marshal of this town on Navarro. Mm-hmm. And if she busts up all the bad guys, she does all her UFC moves. Yep. And um, she shoots a couple, you know, she takes care of business. And uh, then she rescues the ferret. Yep. Uh, and now the ferret is obviously going to be her sidekick. And it's so Disney, it makes me want to fucking vomit. <laughs> I don't like, know if it'll be her uh, sidekick. Now Mando has a little cute sidekick, and now Carrot has a little cute sidekick. I don't know if it'll be her sidekick. Like, I think, when I is Grief Karga going to get his cute sidekick? I think you're jumping to conclusions on that one, my friend. And yeah, I, 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 was, I was hopeful that it wasn't going to be that way, but it was. then it was in the end of the episode. Yeah, so, it was just there at the end of the episode. It wasn't on her yeah. shoulder the whole time they were doing their little mission there. Yeah, next episode. <laughs> next episode it will be. All right, we'll see. Uh, I think a, you're joking. So, it's so Disney. It, this it's is so not Mulan, Disney. my friend. <laughs> I, I think it is. I no, think it is. Sorry, anyway, I disagree with you. Okay. <laughs> I would like to point out one thing, though. It's Mulan um, with like explicit violence. This is like the most violent episode <laughs> so far. Go Actually, ahead. I don't know uh, that Mulan movie. Uh, it wasn't crazy violent, but it it did have some violence in it. So sure, uh, the Disney. Sure. Uh, but this was a super violent episode of, of yeah, Mulan, compared to normal, yeah. Uh, well, then again, last episode, like guys were getting stabbed in the throat and shit by uh, Bo-Katan. That's true. There has been right, a lot of so. like straight up, straight up stabbage mm-hmm. this 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 season. Yeah, they definitely um, up their game, and that that is true. But but um, in this one, which we're going to talk, about, we're going to talk about later. But you know, mm-hmm. Grief Karga explodes a guy at point blank range with a heavy repeating blaster cannon. Oh, so, like so good. <laughs> like just just explodes a guy. Yeah, uh, just like right, like. You know, and Not Mando to... has disintegrated a bunch of guys, but yeah. like this is like a giant, like this is like a, like a Kim Jong Un execution kind of <laughs> level <Jong-un>. of violence, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, shit. Um, 
anyway. No, um, I just wanted I to point ahead. out something. I jumped ahead. I just wanted to point out something real quick in this episode. Yep. So yep. Uh, one of the walrus guys, um, this was actually pointed out. I think, I can't remember what show I was watching. It might have been, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, the Schmodown guy. Uh, fuck, what's his name again? Harloff, Kristen Harloff. Yeah. Okay, I think it was him that pointed this out. Um, so one of the walrus guys' face is kind of burned, uh, singed, and it's it's the last guy that they focus in on um, before they cut this scene. Now, during this fight, you don't see any like fire or anything happen to his face. All right. But in in the end credits, when they show the concept art, there's a picture. uh, One of the concept art is uh, one guy is holding up that ferret thing and it's breathing fire into his face. So they clearly, yeah. So they clearly cut that. From the scene, but the they ferret's supposed in. to breathe fire. Mm-hmm. So okay, so it's definitely going to be Carrie Dune's sidekick, a fire-breathing <laughs> ferret. Come on, <laughs> come on. The Carrie so, Dune show. The Carrie Dune show is going to be Carrie Dune and her fire-breathing ferret traveling be, the galaxy together. That'll be the uh, spinoff. <laughs> yes, that's the that's going to be the first one I don't watch. Yeah, all right. <laughs> by the way, um, I'm 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 all on board, dude. I'm there. I know. I am sure you are. Yeah. I'm sure you are. <laughs> <laughs> you thought Hustlers should get be, win Best Picture, <laughs> buddy? It got fucking nominated, right? <laughs> At the Golden Globes. <laughs> yes. Don't you I haven't mean, even watched it, dude? You can't even say anything about Hustlers. You're right. You're right. right? You're Until right. you watch I, Hustlers, I, you can't. Say I just have to look at the damn poster. About Hustlers. Anyway, really, you're one of those anyway. guys, eh? Anyway, uh, this Cara Dune guy? scene. We're still at the beginning of the movie at the episode. <laughs> yeah. This Cara Dune and scene. And you brought though, up Hustlers, so now it's on. <laughs> no, I'm gonna go even far. I'm gonna, I want to take you to another steaming pile of of controversy to argue over. Yeah. All right, don't don't Hashtag start. Hashtag don't start. Fire Gina Carano. Ah, uh, you started it. I'm starting it. I'm uh, sorry. You started it. You started. Look, look. Why is she on the damn show? Okay. Because somebody's a UFC fan and thinks that she's cool and thinks that yeah, John oh, Favreau. Like, great. That that's stupid. <laughs> that's stupid. Look, if it was 1990, like like if it was 1990 and this show was being made and Hulk Hogan was cast on it in this care, like picture it. This is this. There's no difference, dude. Have then you if, seen if, Rocky if, Three? Well, he was fucking awesome was, in that. Yes, I know. Right. But if but if we were watching this show and all of a sudden we see Hulk Hogan is a character <laughs> on the show and 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 what he does is he leg drops stormtroopers and he elbow drops stormtroopers like he does WWF moves on them, we'd say this is fucking dumb and not Star Wars and why are they putting this dumb stuff that doesn't belong in Star Wars into Star Wars? Speak now they're putting this yourself. UFC like this Cara Dune scene might as well have her ufc theme intro music playing when she enters the room because like she just like it's they keep doing the same shit with her she comes in she does her ufc moves right and and the character is stupid it's i'm sorry but anyway um if it was the 90s and it was hulk hogan instead of instead of whatever what's her name again gina Gina Carano. um Okay. Like everybody, everybody would shit on it. That's right? not why but, people are hashtagging fire Gina Carano, though. You know that. I right? know because of her politics, and I'm, right. I'm saying it doesn't. Her politics don't even matter to me. Like I'm sure I hate them. I, I don't follow her on Twitter, but yes. but that that doesn't even matter to me. What matters to me is why are we doing this? And the same thing with with hiring Sasha Banks. Like 
like stop with this with this UFC WWE Dude, stunt casting. Do the Star Wars thing. She didn't do, do any the, any WWE stuff on the show what are you talking about no no not yet dude but like they they like they still hired her because of who she is because they hired of the her brief. because of the way she looks dude yeah but, they, looks, but you can, you can hire the, any actress and you can no, hire she any has act- the skin tone of the mandalorians but the star wars thing to do is to hire uh is to hire uh, unknown actors who are just amazing for the part or to hire classical super talented actors Actors who are also amazing for the part. Which they it's do. Not Star Wars. It's not Star Wars to stunt cast non-actors to play roles. It's it's just it's just goofy. It's like I don't I don't I'm not interested in your love of the UFC and the WWE. I, I, I'm not interested in trying to bring their fans over here. I want good actors. And and this chick is not. I'm she's so, not. She's not a good actor. I agree. No, but for the part, and, and, she's and, fine. And she has no character. And it's just like you only created this role because you wanted to have this UFC person on the show. It doesn't make it doesn't. It doesn't add hardly anything to the show in terms of the story, in terms of character development for anyone else. Uh, she she's just the 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 like strong uh, buddy of the hero who can do like the heavy lifting tough guy stuff, and that's like a one dimensional character. And you and like if you put a great actor in that role, they can elevate it. But if you give me this UFC chick and just show me her doing her UFC moves. Like I'm totally just you pull me out. Like I don't care. I want her fired. I want her gone. Mm-hmm. And I, and it looks like they're going to give her her own spinoff series. And, and I it's I don't care about her politics. Or I really don't. I, I just yeah, a fire breathing <laughs> parrot. Maybe that's why they didn't have the. Okay, hold on. Maybe the reason they edited out the ferret breathing fire is because they decided to cancel her spinoff series. Oh. And they're like, maybe maybe we won't push the ferret like we were gonna originally. Maybe that's the whole reason. Maybe. Anyway, we're just at the beginning of the episode, so I should let this go. Yes. Should that? <laughs> Thank you. All right, let's continue. <laughs> okay, so now we've just established we've got this hero shot of Kara, and we've got her new little buddy ferret, and um, that's what's going on in Navarro. Mm-hmm. Kara is the marshal now. Yes. Um. So I believed immediately following this scene, we just have Mando landing yep. on Navarro, yeah. and we have him being greeted His by Greed Parga. Is all beat up and still. and Kara, Marshal Kara. Yep. Um. Uh, I mean, uh, absolute flashback to Empire Strikes Back and uh, the Millennium Falcon arriving at Bespin. Um. She needs some repairs. Can you have your people take care of her? Oh yeah, right away, buddy. Um, and you know what's funny? And- um, we forgot to mention this at the top. Um, I thought it was great because when the show first, uh, when this first starts, and we see um, the Razor Crest, it actually makes the exact same sound effect of the Millennium Falcon trying to jump into hyperdrive. Remember that scene? And I believe it was Empire Strikes Back. When he was trying to, yeah, exactly. It makes that yeah. exact same noise. Yes, when and equipment just, powers down. Yeah, yeah, no, I thought that was a nice little touch. I was just like, oh, that's awesome. But anyways, yeah. I just wanted to bring that up. <clears throat> but yeah, so back to so, tomorrow. Homages to Empire Strikes Back have yeah. been running wild in this season, mm-hmm. and and they're saying that season one kind of follows the plot of 
A New Hope, and that season two is kind of following the plot of Empire Strikes Back. And this scene, like, puts a pin, puts, like, an exclamation point on that. It is so Empire Strikes Back. And I knew from this very scene, from this very scene, where, where Grief Carter's like, yeah, don't worry, buddy, I'll have my people fix her. And then they show you the creepy repair guys, so you knew they were up to something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, the one is, anyways. The ones are Grief- clearly... Grief Karga is also, this is my prediction. I'm going to get to this after more. Mm-hmm. My, my prediction is going to be, I'm just going to give you a little taste of it right now. Mm-hmm. Grief Karga is literally playing Hans, uh, Lando Calrissian's role here. Grief Karga is working for both sides. He's working for the Empire. He is the mole that we find out about the, at the end of this episode. We'll get to that later, though. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, we, Grief Karga is like, yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say, we clearly see it's... Um, it's the guy that, so uh, the two guys, there's sure. the human yeah, there's and then there's the alien guy. Them. And at yep. the end, we clearly see that guy talking that's to right. the that's Empire. Right. So That's right. Um, but whether then, but or then, not. But then, but then no, no. I was going to okay. say whether or not he's uh, behind that episode. or not. Sorry? We're doing the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah no, but I'm just saying. Because like, I, I, want, I will want to debate this said. exact point later. Yeah, okay. um, uh, anyway, where we are right now uh, yeah. is just that uh, we just arrived. We greet everybody. Everybody's like, oh, we missed Baby Yoda. We all like give Baby Yoda some love and affection. Mm-hmm. And and then Grief Karga uh, says, yeah, I'm going to have my guys fix your ship. And then you get a creepy long close-up of the one uh, alien repair guy. And you know he's up to no good. Because yeah. uh, it's the thing they do in Star Wars. It's, it's like uh, that same shot from The Force Awakens when they first arrive at Maz Kanata's place and you see there's an alien who's reporting them to the first order. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We get one of those close ups here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so, uh, from here we go back to, we walk through Navarro and we get this, uh, all this, this is a really happy episode. I want to say it's all this, like this, it's brightly colored. It's everybody's coming home. It's all of our heroes from season one reuniting for the first time. And Navarro is such, is this happy, bustling, colorful place. Now, uh, it's no longer a tough, uh, dark, scary place. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all because of, uh, uh Marshall Kara and, uh, and grief Karga. And then they take, they take him to the bar where they had the final showdown at the, uh, in the finale of season one and it's all repaired. And now it's a school and it's filled with children and they're learning. And there's a droid who's a, who's a, a protocol droid like C-3PO. Mm-hmm. They don't have a name for this droid in the credits. He's just, or she, she has a female voice, teacher. uh, teacher droid. Yeah. Um, and, uh, through this whole scene, the droid is giving kind of, um, a space geography lesson to the class and just dumping, dumping Star Wars lore and canon onto you. There is so much canon coming from this droid in this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, like I could talk about it for a long time, but he, I mean, she basically she gives um, the geography of the entire galaxy, and then she talks a lot about uh, mostly stuff from Solo, which mm-hmm. was something that I really found interesting. She talks about run, she talks about the Maelstrom. <coughs> Sorry, she talks about the Kessel Run. She says Carillion Run. Yeah, um, but she talks about Castle and mm-hmm. the and the ruins of Castle and that they're in that they're in the the mm-hmm. maelstrom. Just one thing <laughs> before you, uh, yep, uh, that you skipped. I don't know if you knew this or not, but uh, just before they walk into the classroom, um, they don't focus on it, but in the background, just before they walk into the door, there's actually a statue of IG Eleven. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. 
in the, uh, in the which is funny because at first I thought, oh my god, they just stood IG11's corpse up there and <laughs> made it a monument to him. Yeah. But I, I guess he melted. Yeah, he would have melted long. away. Yeah. So yeah, so there's like a statue of IG11. Um, uh, yeah, uh, remembering him for you know saving them. I guess um, saving the planet. The planet, the town, <laughs> you know, in this show, <clears throat> towns and planets are kind of the same. Synonymous. It's <laughs> yeah. kind of, you know, every, every planet is a town. Yeah. Well, except for Tatooine, because there's three towns there. Apparently. Mm-hmm. But, um, anyway. Um, we, then we get this cute little scene with Baby Yoda. They sit him in a, in a desk in the, in the, in the classroom, and, and they're like, oh, don't worry, he'll be safe here. You don't want him coming with us to talk business. And at this point, we're all like, oh, my God, Baby Yoda's going to get kidnapped. Right? Yeah. Because this is the first time Mando just walks away and leaves him. Well, no, he left him with the frog people, but mm-hmm. regardless. Um, uh, then we get this cute little moment where the kid, the kid sitting at the desk, desk next to Baby Yoda, is eating these blue chocolate-covered Oreos. Nope. Yep. Macaroons, dude. Everybody says macaroons. They're not. They're chocolate-covered Oreos. Dude, they're I swear. macaroons. They focus it, in on one of them. It's clearly a macaroon. Okay. <laughs> they focus in on one of them. Anyway, they're blue. Uh, all the food and drinks everywhere in Star Wars have to be blue. We have yes. to keep repeating that joke, I guess. Um, but it's a, it's a cute little scene. Uh, Baby Yoda uses the Force to steal this kid's cookies anyway. And mm. it's cute. And it's another Baby Yoda's hungry joke. We got a Baby Yoda's hungry joke. Yeah, um, That's fine. It's cute. It's fine. Then we get so, to the main plot. One Sorry, thing I wanted to point out, uh, in this classroom, there is, um, they focus in on her for like two seconds, but there's a girl with the exact same hairdo as Ray as, as a child as, and Ray yeah. as an adult. So I'm questioning if they're, if they're going to connect this to Ray, because this would be, I'm guessing probably around the time that Ray would uh, match. Maybe she would be, she wouldn't be born yet. How how what's the what's the I timeline between the two? No idea. This is five years after. No, Ray would not be born yeah, yet. Yeah, she wouldn't be Ray, born Ray's yet. Ray's like Ray's like twenty, I think. Yeah, you're right. Uh, okay, never mind. But she does have the exact same hairdo. And her, I and think they're just trying to tell you this. This was a common hairstyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah, that's what they're doing. They're not just being lazy and just recycling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um. So there we. So we, anyway, we go from here. Yeah. Uh, to Grief Karga's office, and then we are introduced to uh, a familiar face from uh, the first episode of the show. Uh, what the heck is his name again? Uh, the the Marlov. You talking about Horatio uh, Sands? Horatio Sands? Yeah, Marlov is it? No, hold, hold on. on. Uh, sorry, uh, Horatio Sands. Mithral. Sorry, Mithral. Um, and he is yeah, working the, behind. <laughs> I was looking at it's the wrong uh, IMDb. Yeah, Mithril. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he is working for Grief Karga. He's like his um, bookkeeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we so we get this funny scene where Mando and Mithril are reunited, and Mithril pees himself because he's so scared of Mando. And, mm-hmm. um, um, so apparently. The bounty from the first season was for Grief Karga. Apparently, he was the one who had the bounty out on Mithral. Um, apparently, he owed Mithral owes him a lot of money, stole from him, I guess. Mm-hmm. And 
now that makes him Grief Karga's indentured servant somehow. I don't know. The, the legal system around here is... <laughs> For 350 so, so now, years. Mithral <laughs> is somehow Grief Karga's slave, yeah. and he's got to work off his debt, and it's 350 years worth of work for some reason. Yeah. Um, so we get the, the, this weird relation. This, it's, it's really a master-slave relationship. I don't know how else to describe it. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's almost it's, I guess it's supposed to be like a judge and an, and a prison inmate kind of relationship, where it's like I can, oh yeah, it's you know Wild West like martial law kind of thing I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, so yeah, that's that's their situation anyway. Uh, Mithral is kind of Grief Karga's slave, and uh, he's funny still. That mm-hmm. that's the thing. <laughs> um, but we get to um, immediately. Grief and Kara asking Mando for his help mm-hmm. because even though they have done such a great job of cleaning up Navarro, and I just want to say all of this happiness on Navarro, I think there's a too good to be true kind of nature to it all. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm and again, it's going all, all back to my prediction about Grief Karga not being what he seems. Um, but. Uh, for the moment, uh, it's all about you know how much they've cleaned up Navarro. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the mission is there's an Imperial base on Navarro, uh, by the way, um, Mando. That's where mm-hmm. all those stormtroopers came from who showed up in, in the finale of season one, this Imperial base. Um, and it's the last kind of dangerous thing on Navarro <laughs> since we've cleaned it up so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, wa- we want to get rid of it. It's only got a skeleton crew. We think we can do it with your help. Do you want to go do this right now? Uh so he's like, yeah, sure, fuck it, let's go. Um, and then, I, I, you know, whatever. We don't need a giant setup, even though this is a giant mission. I'm not going to worry about it too much. Um, we, it, this is a fun, fast-paced, action-packed episode. This episode, we should talk about the fact that it was directed by Carl Weathers, and uh, this feels like a Carl Weathers movie from like his heyday, from like the Actually late Jackson's? '80s. Yes, it like it feels like a big action movie. It doesn't fuck around too much with too much setup or drama. It gets to the action. Like it just it it, it jumps over the stuff like the setup for the plan being too, you know, uh, spending too much time worrying about the fact that we're attacking him. Like this is the biggest thing he's attacked in this whole season, this whole show so far. Right? It's an actual imperial base. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, in all fairness, but, they think it's it's deserted though. Yeah. <clears throat> right. But do they? It's not. Do, I'm pretty sure they mention that in in the. Yeah, I know here. he does. No, he right? says that. But is but is grief Karga really? Oh, I see what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Um. So. So yeah. So we get. We're back in a in a speeder with Mithral now, and mm-hmm. we're reminded of the the season one first the first episode again, but um, but we don't have Brian Posehn driving the speeder this time, so I was kind of disappointed, even though, you know, Horatio Sands is very funny, and this Mithral character is kind of funny. Um, Brian Posehn is, is genius, but... um, He died in that episode. That's right, he got eaten by the... <laughs> so. By the water crate dragon? I yeah. don't know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, we're driving in Horatio Sanz's speeder, and it's much—it's it's very similar to Luke Skywalker's speeder in mm-hmm. in um, A New Hope. Every, there's a lot going on here that feels like a, a New Hope, especially inside this Imperial base. Um, and uh, we get this—you know—this funny scene again with Grief Karga 
telling Mithral, you have to do what I say, uh, or, or, or I'll leave you for dead. Mm-hmm. And if you do, if you do do what I say, I'll cut a hundred years off your sentence and all this. Mm-hmm. And it's really this master slave stuff. And it, it's, it's, it's supposed to be funny. I guess it's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, and we, we get to the Imperial base. We just walk up to the front door and start like banging away on it. We're not worried about security seeing us on the cameras and coming down and shooting us or anything like that. Um, but Mando looks up and he's, and the front door is locked. They can't get in. Um, they're trying to cut their way in. Uh, Mando looks up, sees a platform above him and he does exactly what you'd want him to do. You know, if this was a TV show in the nineties, you'd be like, why doesn't he just jetpack up there? Mm-hmm. But, but on Mandalorian, he just jetpacks up there. Like, that's what I love about the show. Uh, like we're, we're just going there now in every way possible. Like that, that's why I, I think that this, that this show is in some way better than a lot of the movies because it just does what you want it to do. There's no limitations, mm-hmm. uh, with the digital abilities they have, uh, at Lucasfilm now. It's amazing. Um, so yeah, we get this, you know, this cool comical moment. Mando ju- flies up to this platform way above them, and then a, a dead stormtrooper falls off the platform <laughs> into their midst. Um, and uh, they get well, into the base. Anyway. the ground, anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you hear him scream from her. Yeah. <laughs> and they go in the door, and then they go up, and they meet Mando, and he's surrounded by dead stormtroopers. And Mando's like, "I thought you said this place was abandoned." And and grief just shrugs, you know. Um, again, I think tipping off that you know he's not who he seems to be. But um, uh, the whole time, you know, they bring Horatio Sands with him and they make him do the dangerous stuff. And it's it's always like like grief cargo forcing him. Um, but but it's fun stuff, right? We get a big like reactor shaft, exactly like where Obi Wan Kenobi had to go in the Death Star in in Star Wars: A New Hope, and he had to crawl around that that precarious, really high up uh, control panel and start using the controls. They <laughs> they force Ratio Sands out to do that, um, and he's above lava though. It's not it's not just a big open pit like it was in Death Star. He's a he's above a lava pit, so it's mm-hmm. like an extra level dangerous. And uh, of course, it reminds us of the lava in uh, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, lava is now very Star Warsy. Um, you forgot one huge part there. Go ahead, go ahead, go where ahead. Where he's like, but there's no rails, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which is like the ongoing joke in Star Wars nowadays. That yes, there's no rails. Um, I think it was in um, uh, Family Guy Blue Harvest, if yeah, I correctly. Yep, when, a Family uh, Guy joke made it yeah, into Star Wars. When they're yep. like standing there and they're like, they couldn't give us rails, like. Yeah, <laughs> what if one of us falls off? They couldn't just That's put a rail. Yeah, so yeah, it's like the ongoing joke in the Star Wars now that there's no rails. <clears throat> so. I want to say it's really awesome when they're running around in this rebel in this imperial base. It, like it feels, feels like the Death Star. It feels like uh, you, a New Hope. It, it mm-hmm. looks so great, and yeah. um, like even, you know we we kind of did the same thing last episode with an imperial ship that we attacked. Mm-hmm. Right, like we we keep getting in these imperial hallways and running through them and fighting, and I'm I'm loving it every damn time. Yeah. Although in this, I felt like there was such a long montage of them running through imperial hallways and getting into fights with stormtroopers, and like every single character getting their own scene where they're fighting a stormtrooper over. Like I felt like it went on for so long that it got a little space ballsy. Yeah, okay. And and then there was this thing that happened. 
uh, th- there was like a, a blooper, right? Like yeah. there's there's a crew there's a crew person in one of the shots. In one of the shots. And when I found that out, when you pointed it out to me, I'm like, I think it's like it's so space ballsy now, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think I think that crew person might have been put in there intentionally. I think that might have been an an intentional homage to Spaceballs. I think this whole thing might have might have been a little bit of an intentional homage to Spaceballs. Right. I don't know. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's crazy to say or if it's just that. If it's just that Carl Weathers' sensibilities are just that corny that it feels like Spaceballs, I don't know. But it's right. It's all Star Wars-y. It's all right to me. I think it's perfect. I think Carl Weathers is a perfect choice to direct a Star Wars show. I mm-hmm. hope they give him his own show to direct someday because I felt like um, he's got the perfect sensibility. Like these, It's goofy sometimes. It's corny sometimes. But – like it gets to the action and it gets to the things you love and it's got these hero moments, hero moment after hero moment after hero moment. And it feels like so campy, but fun and uplifting at the same time mm-hmm. and super violent. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, it's Carl Weathers. It's all Carl Weathers to me. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we get the plan going here. We, we, we set up a chain reaction and the reactor of the Imperial base that's going to blow up the entire base. Um which I think is kind of crazy because this base is filled with weapons and ships and equipment that like, I'm sure they could all like really use or mm-hmm. find a use for, uh, like they, like, you know, they, they run past this room filled with Imperial speeder bikes yep. and I'm like, Mando, you don't have a speeder bike. You keep riding that shitty, broken, rusty one that, you know, Pelly has, mm-hmm. you know, take one, put yeah. it on the razor crest. You have a free speed, you know, there's none of that. Um, Whatever, no big deal. Um, but there's a huge reveal in the middle of all of this. Um, you know, after we set off the reaction, we come across a room with scientists in it, and we have a little fight with them. And the scientists say, "Quick, destroy the computers!" They're trying to wipe the drives and destroy the computers mm-hmm. before anybody gets in to find out what they're doing. So we're like, "Uh oh, wait a minute, what's going on here?" And so we kill those guys, and then we find out what's going on here. Uh, and this is a massive, massive thing, not only for this show, but for all of star Wars canon. Mm-hmm. Uh, because to me, this is the first step in us seeing what I think is the new element on Disney plus television introduced right now, right here. We're seeing the first steps of pre story of backfilling the story of telling the origins of the first order. Mm hmm. Of the of the sequel trilogy, yeah. I think we I think because we see a cloning facility here, and we see that we 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 actually know exactly why they want Baby Yoda now. Huge huge questions are answered in this mm-hmm. scene, uh, because we also we also see a hologram from Doctor Bashir. Uh, is that his name, Doctor Bashir? Uh, um, yeah, the scientist know. from season one. Anyway, mm-hmm. the cloning scientist. Um, let me grab it here, Doctor Pershing. Sorry, Doctor Pershing, yeah. Pershing uh, played by. Uh, Omid Abtahi. Uh, I hope I didn't pronounce that too badly. <clears throat> um, great character, character I wanted more of from season one. Finally, back in this hologram, explaining that uh, they're using blood from Baby Yoda. They even drop the M bomb, Kev. They didn't drop the M bomb per se. He used. They said M count. A, a, a reference to yeah. midi chlorians. Yes. Midi chlorians officially came back to canon. They weren't touched in the sequel series at no. all. It was like they were trying to pretend it never happened. Right. It was like they, there was some stink on midi chlorians that they hated. And I agree. I don't. I, I don't. I don't 
you know, I get that midi chlorians were kind of a bad idea, but they were there, and mm-hmm. and and pretending like they were never there is weird. And I think you got to have them. And I'm actually for the fact that they did this. Mm-hmm. Um, the doctor says we'll never find another donor with an M count this high. M count obviously <clears throat> means midi chlorian count. Yeah. Um, so what they're ha- what's happening here is they're trying to make evil force soldiers. They're trying to make basically. Sith soldiers. Can I um, interject for a ahead, second there? Um, so <clears throat> when they, okay, so just before the whole Dr. Pershing thing, uh, hologram comes up, um, they stand in front of this clone. Uh, we'll call it a clone. Um, and they zoom. There's a, there's a wall full of clone tanks. Yeah, with clones in. but there's one in particular that they're staring at. and They look like Snoke. Thank you. And you can hear Snoke's kind of theme music in the background. So I'm led to believe that they're trying to create Snoke in this, in this. I feel like it's more complicated than that. Like I don't, obviously I'm just writing this in my own head right now, Mm -hmm. but what it seems like to me is they're starting a program of trying to create uh, force using clones, Mm -hmm. right? And they're obviously really bad at making clones because all these clones are misshapen and malformed, just just like Snoke was misshapen and malformed. So it looks like Snoke definitely came from this cloning program. Right. Um, and I just think Snoke was just one of them. I don't think they were trying to make Snoke. Yeah, I clear. think yeah, yeah. That yeah, Snoke right. was yeah. one of was was he was a happy like, mishap. I guess one right? of, one of the best yeah. one of the best batch right. of clones from this particular program. Yeah. Um. So we we're on, I think we I think we might find out that Palpatine's pulling the strings behind everything already here. I think I think eventually that like way down the road that could be a, a reveal that this cloning program it probably Palpatine started it and got it going in the mm-hmm. first place. Um, but anyway, uh, whether they're in touch with him yet or not, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, or if they ever do, oh no, the First Order never gets in touch with Palpatine. That's true. So okay, that that wouldn't be. Maybe maybe it's not First Order. I don't know. Anyway, it's not written yet, so why am I even theorizing? <laughs> uh, we find the clone chamber. We find out the reason they're using Baby Yoda's blood is to try to infuse it into their clones, and it's not working yet. So they need they need more Baby Yoda blood, um, and we find that out in Doctor Pershing's uh, hologram message to Moff Gideon that they read here. Who so, do you think is uh, that? Oh, very cool, very massive reveal in this scene. Yes. Uh, but then this scene goes on and on. Uh, more running through the halls, more escaping stormtroopers. I'm sorry, I had a little uh, little belch there. Um, uh, but we get to the big, the big action sequences. The the third quarter of this episode is all big CGI action. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all fun and fantastic. Um, <clears throat> so the just before that, they they go, they go to um, they go to uh, Mandalorian, and they're like they're like, get out of here, um, go get Baby Yoda, essentially. And um, right, right. And I'm he, sorry. Yeah, he, he takes off. <clears throat> At this moment, they realize Gideon is looking for Baby Yoda. Gideon's mm-hmm. alive. Uh, there's a lot more going on here than we knew about, and they're all of a sudden it's like, oh my god, Baby Yoda's in danger. Mm-hmm. Mandalorian runs, flies off in his jetpack, leaves everybody else alone. I love, for, I love the. You don't know how long. By the way, I just love that part when he comes out of that, 
where he flies up the um like the shaft where the uh, lava was, and when he gets right. to the top, he like shoots like those two stormtroopers really quick. I yep. love that for some reason. Just the way he did, just did it. It was like, yeah. <laughs> right, There's lands and then turns around and then like shoots the other guy. I thought yep. that was great, great, great action yeah. scene. Mandalorian in action is so great because mm-hmm. it's they they do a great job of making it visceral. Like he always gets shot. He always like trips and stumbles. Yep. The armor always looks a little too heavy for him when he like lands from uh, from flying on his jetpack. Yeah. Um, like you really get a sense that that of of realism in this all of this fake <laughs> you know like yeah, digital yeah. Oh, theater right. uh, yeah. uh the yeah it's great you're right it's great um so uh so then we get uh Kara and Grief and Mithril alone uh escaping from the base before it blows up i mean remember the base is still uh on the on its way to blowing up at this time yeah. um and uh, they get into a shootout on that platform with a bunch of stormtroopers. They get pinned down, and Kara goes and jumps in this tank. Um, I, I don't have the name of the, it's the a, tank. It's, a, it's the same uh, stormtrooper mover thing that we saw. Yeah, it's um, a trooper. The one based off of the toy <clears throat> that right. they brought into the show, which it, is still amazing. It's like a very heavily armored uh, speeder. Mm-hmm. Um uh, it's a troop transport and, uh, they get into it and, uh, they, uh, fly off of the platform in it <laughs> and, uh, and crush, uh, and they comically crush <laughs> Mithral speeder at the bottom <laughs> of the building yeah. before they take off. And then the, there is the most visually amazing part of the, And there's a lot of visually amazing parts here, but mm-hmm. the, the most amazing part in this to, to me, and I think you might agree, uh, the stormtroopers all jump on their speeder bikes and they follow them down the side of the mountain. And yep. you just get this amazing scene of like these 12, like 10 to 12 speeder bikes all flying down the side of a mountain together. So and it's from behind them. And it's, it's so like just perfect. It's so yeah. awesome. Yeah. And they do, they do something in here. I don't know if I've ever seen before. Um, like they're, 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 they're navigating over this really rough terrain and they got to slow down and make a really sharp turn. And a stormtrooper, a, a biker scout puts his foot down as he's making the turn and actually touches the ground. Yeah. Um, like, like as if you're driving a bike and yeah. you're like, you're just steadying yourself. Like, um, which of course would rip his leg right off on a speeder bike. But, um, I, I just, I just thought it was such a cool visual touch because they, you're, you're merging the practical element with the digital element seamlessly you're like you're like actually showing them rubbing up against each other mm-hmm. um just really cool really real feeling really perfect looking um and then this amazing chase where the speeder bikes are chasing after our three heroes um and then behind them as they're leaving this base blows up and the explosion in this canyon is fantastic and uh, and then a squadron of tie fighters taking off from the top of it as they're escaping the explosion and then joining the chase against our heroes so much going on of course we're in a canyon because you've always got to be in a canyon in star wars mm-hmm. um but we get this scene where uh kara's flying the transport and grief cargo's on the gun and first he's shooting you know first they're fighting off the speeder bikes and <laughs> like it's really violent like there's there's a part that made me like go what the hell where like uh kara crushes a speeder bike against a wall yeah. uh and it explodes and she just goes she like grins like and goes woo and she's yeah. like so happy about it yeah. and i'm like that was like a violent murder <laughs> yeah. and and then, like two seconds later, there's another storm. There's a stormtrooper on top of the ship, and Grief Karga turns the giant 
heavy cannon on top of this ship and is like six inches away from the stormtrooper and blows him up at point blank range and his head goes rolling away. Like it's so violent. It's so over the top violet, this episode. Um, and you could, you could tell Carl Weathers directed like, I I mean, he, I, he probably didn't write it, but, um, Mm -hmm. uh, man, it just felt like, uh, he was the right guy to direct this for sure. Um, And um, but you I will, know what? I would he, like to point out that uh, Carl Weathers is horrible gunner. <laughs> when he's sure, shooting, but, when he's shooting at the um, at the um, uh, the Tie Fighters, he's like yeah. missing, hitting rocks. <laughs> I was like, what yeah. was this? Was this guy a stormtrooper at one point? Like, why can't he hit anything? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and, he, yeah. and even and even has a funny line. You you try this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But then he does eventually shoot one of the TIE fighters yeah. and, it, and, it, and it comes crashing down on top of them and it almost kills him. Yes. Um, it, great stuff. Great stuff. And then like the big hero moment of this entire episode. And I, when I say hero moment, I mean like this is like a Superman 1984 level cinematic hero moment. Like mm. it, it is so fucking perfect for Star Wars. Uh, the Razor Crest yeah. appears out of nowhere and takes on the TIE fighters, saving our three friends on the ground because obviously they couldn't fight off like three or four TIE fighters in their little ground vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Razor Crest, now in a duel uh, above Navarro with these TIE fighters, just beautiful. Just like it's, it's, it's in the clouds again and it's all like just like these great arcing, climbing motions and then dropping and uh, you're seeing like uh, the razor crest engines opening and closing in order mm-hmm. to like climb or stop climbing, you know, or to break. And it's, it's just so visually stunning. It's just so amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, I like, so, like this is like, this stuff is better than most of the movies. Like yeah. I visual visually anyway, like um, it's and, amazing that we get to watch this on television every and week. You forgot to mention uh, little, the child in in the back seat, like yeah, the like child, on, like he's the on a roller coaster with so, his hands yeah. in the air and yeah, squealing with joy. Another yeah, <laughs> this like this hero moment is yeah. so great, right? Like after mm-hmm. we see the Razor Crest, we see yeah, Mando and the child in the you know the child is safe, he's with Mando, they're happy, uh, they're having fun, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, they're, and they're defeating the Empire. And then we obviously have the cute moment at the end where. Um, the child throws up like any baby would uh, mm-hmm. uh, from all of the action in the, the Razor Crest. All the action in um, macaroons. That's right. That's right. Uh, blue macaroons. <laughs> Not blue chocolate covers. I don't see any chocolate in there at all. Do you? They're pro blue. I... I I don't know okay, where you got chocolate covered Oreos <laughs> They okay, they have the I'm same gonna, shape. I'm gonna, but Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do something in Photoshop. I'm gonna show you and okay. And, <laughs> You're gonna Photoshop or chocolate. We're not gonna debate we're not gonna <laughs> debate this now. <laughs> All good. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was, it was the cute little moment when he peeks up on himself and then Mando yes. of course is like reaching back and cleaning him while he's flying. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, it was great. Loved it. And it showing his to, father, showing his father's side. Uh, <clears throat> we cut to from here, um, space yes. uh, and a star destroyer, you, and you we finally totally see Moff Gideon's. Ken's convenience, man. We see the return of 
no, that's Paul. after. No, 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 it's not. It's before. Um, Are you sure? Yeah, I'm watching it right now. Okay. <clears throat> um, Paul, uh, fuck, from Kim's Convenience, what's his name again? Uh, Paul Sung Hung Lee. Hi yep. Young Lee and um I, I I thought for sure we were gonna see Trapper Wolf here again. But and I'm, I was hoping we wouldn't because I didn't want to hear God. you. Yeah, that, thank God, because I was I was about to get mad. I, I was about to be like, oh you. my god, we're gonna see Trapper Wolf in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, but I no. thought it was great seeing him again, and I'm sure just because we saw him in this episode, we're gonna see him again in like oh, yeah. probably like the last episode. Um, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure this is going to be an ongoing, um, I, I wouldn't say gag, but, uh, just an ongoing, uh, appearance of, um, of, uh, Kim's convenient, Mr. Kim. Yeah. I feel like these guys, these X-Wing pilots, they're like, they're like, um, like this is the outer rim is like the, the boonies, right? It's like mm-hmm. the sticks of the galaxy. Right. Mm-hmm. So these cop, these cops, they're like, they're like Roscoe and Enos from Dukes of Hazard. These, these. <laughs> these uh, x-wing pilots right like they they represent the law you know the the republic and everything but they're really kind of just like they're like hicks they're out there because mm-hmm. like like the outer rim is really out there right yeah. um and, and they talk about it a lot in this episode how the empire couldn't conquer it and and how do the how do the new republic think that they can they could settle it um because uh there really is a massive separation between the core worlds and the outer rim and their relationship, they don't really have any relationship. And they talk about it in this scene too, uh, Paul Hoon Young Singh, whatever his name is. Um, I'm sorry, I apologize. But um, oh, Mr. Uh, he talks about uh, how uh, the people in the core worlds have only heard rumors that there's some imperial activity out here, but but they don't really believe it. Uh, so they got to like, uh, I don't know, uh, have some kind of proof or something to to like get the attention of of the real, uh, you know, to really get the attention of the New Republic anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and that hasn't happened yet, apparently. And that's why Moff Gideon is, is able to operate out here, like out in the open, even though the Empire is supposed to be gone. Uh, you have to just remember, like, we're way, way, way far away from Coruscant. Um, from the from the inner, from the core of, of the galaxy. And they talk about that. And that, and that was, that was kind of why that droid was important earlier on in the episode, talking about where everything is, mm-hmm. talking about the core and the, the outer rim and the the uh i'm sorry what the what the undiscovered parts are called uh the unknown regions i think um <clears throat> and he talks about how Coruscant used to be the capital and how the capital is now uh chivalry i think is the name of it um and it's also in the core um so uh like that this is all like huge star wars stuff right this is mm-hmm. not just mandalorian stuff like this is all star wars world building that has been missing. That was so desperately missing from the sequel trilogy as well, which is like one of my hugest complaints. Um, they're doing this in the Mandalorian so well. And I, and I'm just looking forward to the future when we have like a bunch of these shows on Disney plus doing that. Like the, like the star Wars lore is coming back. Like it's, it's starting to exist again, (laughs) basically. Um, and, um, and it's great, right? There's all these different, all these different uh, competing storylines now, right? Cause we've got this Mandalorian storyline with who's going to, who's going to take the throne of Mandalore. And we've got this cloning storyline with mm-hmm. what's going on here. What is the empire up to? And just the fact that the empire still around at all is its own like storyline that you can follow. And, um, you know, I don't know if we're going to do it all in the Mandalorian, if it's going to be covered in, in these, in these other spinoffs, in these other shows, 
spinoffs or not, but we know we've got these other shows coming. We got the Obi Wan Kenobi show coming. Um, we've got the Cassian Andor show coming. Uh, Boba Fett. We've got the Boba Fett series coming. So like, there's if every show is is is, is expanding the lore as much as Mando is expanding the lore, like. I, it could be so fantastic. It could be like there's so much possibility. It's I'm so uh, encouraged as a Star Wars fan um, w- with how they're doing this. Absolutely. Anyway, that's the point. Um, and, and great, great scene between Grief Karga and uh, we should know this character's name and stop saying the actor's name wrong. Let me grab his name really quick. Um, where are you? Paul Sun Hyung Lee's character is Captain Carson Tiva. So there's this great scene between Carson Tiva. And grief Karga, where you know it's basically the cop and the and the the local, I don't know, I guess the government cop. Uh, hmm, it's the local sheriff and the FBI agent, and mm-hmm. he's like, I I got no time for the federal government, dude. You know, <laughs> um, and uh, he blows him off the way he would the Empire, basically, right? Yeah. He's just like, yeah, yeah, no, I don't remember anything. I didn't see anything. I didn't see no. I didn't see no razor crest. I don't know what you're talking about, but you know, I'll be sure. I'll be sure and, and send you a gram if I do hear anything. A hologram. It's cute um, the way Grief Cracker brushes him off, but you can see he's got no, no interest in the law because he's up to his own stuff. I think, man, I really do. Um, and then we get a great scene, yeah, with uh, Carson Tiva and uh, Cara Dune, uh, where he like finally like he's somebody's adding some dimension to this character. Um, he's like, you know, uh, we could really use you. We, you know, you have a great record. Uh, they talk about her losing her family on Alderaan. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, I'm sorry for your loss. And he leaves her the new Republic badge. Uh, you know, and he's like, you know, this could be you again. You could have this identity again. And you can see her thinking about it as he's walking away. And, and you wonder, is this where it's going to go at the end of this? You know, whenever when this series is over and they're doing the denouement and how everybody lives happily ever after, you assume that Mandalorian is going to end up, you know, either dead because he sacrifices himself to save everybody or, you know, living by less of a strict code, right? Not not being this in this crazy far, uh, far out part of Mandalorian culture and like joining the mainstream Mandalorian culture. Right. Um Maybe Cara Dune's going to end up going and joining the New Republic, and that's going to be her happy ending. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but following this, did I miss anything there? Uh, no, I think we're good. Um, you mentioned that we established that she's from Alderaan, and yeah, yes. she says she lost everyone there. She lost everyone on Alderaan. Yeah. The same way Princess Leia did, and yeah. we get a bunch of Princess Leia, like Princess Leia moments. Like I like that original scene with her and the ferret was exactly like Princess Leia and and Wicket in Return of the Jedi. Right. Uh, here, you want something? And she pulls the food out of her belt the same way Princess <clears throat> Leia does. Yeah, I wasn't uh, sure what the uh, that little um, that little symbol um, or that metal, whatever he put on the table with the. Um, <clears throat> with the um uh, it's a new republic insignia of no, some kind yeah but i don't i don't get what the uh the significance of him putting that down on the table that's what i was trying to get at um like i don't know if that was her rank as a shock trooper yeah and that they was don't her badge that. sort of thing i don't know like they didn't they didn't explain what was the, what the significance of was. yeah it's just some kind of badge um I don't know if it's because that's what she wore, and he. Was I like, like it I if that's what it was. Are. That would be cool. You know if that's what, I mean? what like, it was. Yeah, I like that. I hope. I hope that's what it was. Right. That would be cool. 
<coughs> so yeah. Yeah, Anywho. so we go back we're on a starship destroyer which looks a little smaller than the yeah, it's ones, like a, yeah. it's like a, it's like a small star destroyer, but mm-hmm. it is it is one that is has that we've seen before mm-hmm. uh, in like the comics, I think. Um, uh, and yeah, Moff Gideon has a star destroyer. We know that now, and we find out yes, there's a tracking device that's been placed on the Razor Crest by that evil-looking alien from the beginning of the episode, mm-hmm. and it was it was orchestrated by the Empire. And then uh, when Moff Gideon is informed, he says, "Good." And what about our source? Meaning there's another one working for them, and it's one of our heroes, probably. Mm. It's probably one of our heroes, and I think we're supposed to think that it's Mithral. And let's talk about Mithral a little bit from this episode, because I think I jumped over some stuff there. Did you notice that Mithral is kind of handy with a blaster and maybe kind of pretending like he's not? Um, I don't know. I see. I thought he, he was kind of useless with a blaster, personally. <laughs> he killed no he killed a couple of stormtroopers with his blaster yeah he, he killed one without looking he did a no look shot oh did he he covered uh, he covered his eyes and fired yeah. and killed a stormtrooper are we getting a <laughs> and, 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 and he was vibe? he was acting like he was scared he was acting like he was scared to shoot it mm-hmm. but then he killed the stormtrooper with the shot and then later on he's just firing off just like everyone else fully confident and he kills another one mm. and and he does all the dangerous stuff, and he complains, and he acts comical about it the whole time. But but he gets the job done. He kind of got the job done, yeah. and 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 this whole relationship with him and Grief Karga, where Grief Karga is ordering him to do the super dangerous shit, mm-hmm. and telling him if you don't do it, I'll leave you here for dead. Like <clears throat> they're kind of setting up Mithril to be a heroic character, in my opinion here, and they're setting up Grief Karga. To be the Lando Calrissian. And I'm telling you what's going to happen here. Here's my prediction. Hold on. No, let's finish the episode. Okay. Because uh, <laughs> there's, there's a final shot after we learn from Moff Gideon that there's somebody that the, he has another spy down there on Navarro. Somebody working for him. Mm-hmm. He's got this, this room full of black armor suits. Is Are these the same Death Trooper suits that we saw from Dark the season one? They're dark troopers. They're from because they the, look uh, different to me. They're from the um, the video game world. I don't know. I feel like this is some new like super army he's got yeah, that we haven't seen in action yet. Yeah, they're dark troopers. Um, so, I've seen a couple guys. I watched a couple uh, reviews and they brought this up, and um, <clears throat> and uh, I actually looked them up. Um, they're from the video game world. Um, they're called dark troopers. So they're essentially. Um, they're, they're like robot robots. troopers, yes. Uh, so we're gonna get to see Mando fight all these. We'll probably we'll probably get to see like some some other awesome hero fighting them with him, like Ahsoka Tano or mm-hmm. like uh, the Night Owls. Uh, so there's some amazing action coming up based on this one shot. Like yeah. we're getting like we're gonna have some amazing action scenes coming up. Oh, no, yeah. We've already had we've already had the greatest action scenes uh, from television history, probably. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, like we're getting we're getting some amazing stuff coming up. Yeah. So that's the whole episode. You want to rate it before we get into predictions? Uh, yeah. Um, you want me to go first? Sure. Go ahead. So yeah, no, it was, it was a great episode. Um, a lot of a lot of uh, cute moments with the child. Yeah. Uh, I think they 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 upped the the cuteness. So I'm expecting to see a lot of uh, child puking on himself memes. 
yeah. <laughs> in the next week or so. Um, yeah. The um, the whole it's it seems like the 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 I I understand I like to me I'm kind of looking at this season as a as a as a as a movie in a way because it seems like every single episode is connecting with each other so yes. um there might be a little bit of a break in between the two but it's so seamless that it's almost like it just takes place in a seamlessly through a movie yeah. um and it it seems that every episode um it does kind of have like the same kind of elements where <clears throat> the mando the mandalorian is 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 seeking something and in this episode, it was he was he went to go get his ship properly repaired, repaired and then they're like, "Okay, well, we'll repair your ship if you do something for us, sort of thing, yep. right?" And then, and then of course, there's the payoff at the end. Uh, yep. And it seems like almost like every episode is almost falling in. It's a that, quest in a video, right? Game. Yeah, right. So, uh, which I have no problem with. I think it's great. Um, it's working it's, great. It's, it's yeah, it's pushing the story along perfectly. I think it's uh, it's working very well. But um, yeah, no, I think it was a great episode. Uh, I would probably put it just a touch above. I believe last week I gave it an eight. I, w- I would give this one an eight point five. Um, yeah, uh, I loved last week's episode, but I think this one yeah. was just a, just a slightly bit better when it came to the action and stuff like that. I'm so. I I think I'm with you. Yeah. In that, in that I like it slightly better. Yeah. Um, and that they're both fantastic, but. Um, here's why I like it slightly better. Okay. I feel like that the last episode was for the Clone Wars fans, mm-hmm. but this episode was so original trilogy. Yeah. It was like, fuck, like it was like this scene's from Empire Strikes Back. Yes. This scene's from A New Hope. This yeah. scene's from Return of the Jedi. Um, it was just, it was just original trilogy filled. So yeah. like, like probably equally as good as an episode equally as important and game changing as an episode but kind of more for us for us this was was this episode um yeah. so uh, i i gave I last ep- last episode a 9 i'm going to give this a 9.1 uh, i know that's i know that's that's only a tiny increase <laughs> but uh i don't want to get too close to 10 because i, I didn't know it, we were doing point ones and twos i thought we were just doing uh, point i'm i'm doing i'm doing a point i'm doing a point 1 yeah all right uh maybe i'll maybe i'll do a 9.25 how about that maybe right. maybe i'll and I won't, we won't get too crazy. We'll do quarter decimals. Okay. Okay. Nine point two five. Um, uh, it's fun. It's super fun. And, yeah, and no, let me get to let, let me let me get to where I think everything's going, Kev. Let me break this down for you. Mm-hmm. You ready? Hit me. Ready. Get ready. Get ready, Kev. Hit get me. ready. A lot of things are going to happen here. First of all, we're going to find out that Grief Karga is working both sides, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and, we're, and we're going to get a speech from him, much like Lando Calrissian. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, but I got problems of my own. Uh, he's going to say, look at what we did on Navarro. Like, do you think I could have done this with just me and Cara Dune? No. I had to work with – I had to do whatever I had to do to get the job done. And look at what I achieved. I'm not working for them. I'm working for me. And if that means I got to do stuff for them sometimes, that's that's fine as long as it as long as I'm the one who benefits in the end. That's going to be his deal. He's mm-hmm. going to be he's going to say I'm not on your side, I'm not on their side. I'm on my I'm on Navarro's side. I'm on my own side, right? Right. Um so we're going to find out that Grief Karga is the one who uh allowed the empire to put the tracking device on on the Razor Crest. Um and I think the Empire is also going to be mad at Grief Karga for blowing up their base. And I think he's going to end up on the outs with both sides. Mm. I think 
that we're going to see Grief Karga getting captured by the Empire and maybe being rescued or not by Mando. Mando's going to have to make a tough choice because Grief Karga is going to betray him again and then need him to save him. So uh, that's my prediction for him. Um, My prediction for... Hold on. What are my other predictions? Uh, the rest of the plot of this of the of the of this season. Um, I, I think we, we are going to meet Ahsoka Tano in the next episode. Uh, we know that Dave Filoni directed the episode, and we know that that is where Mandalorian is going. Um, a lot of people were debating whether this was going to happen or not because it seemed like it was it, it wasn't uh, going to draw it out enough. There, it, it was giving away the big reveal this this season too soon. But I think that's not the case at all. I think we're following the plot of Return of the Jedi here, and I think I'm going to give you a big prediction right now Mm -hmm. this season is going to end with baby yoda being taken by moff gideon Mm -hmm. it's going to end with baby yoda being the prisoner the way the way empire strikes back ended with han solo being the prisoner um and it's going to end with our heroes now including ahsoka tano fighting to get back baby yoda from the empire um so I think, yeah, we are going to meet Ahsoka Tano next, ep- next episode. I think she is going to be with us for the rest of the season, or she's going to be with Baby Yoda until he gets taken. And so we're going to have that, that, that relationship, those characters bonded uh, to create extra drama uh, and to, and to you know, motivate Ahsoka Tano to get into this fight because she's probably hiding. You mm-hmm. know, she's probably in the shadows. To, to uh, motivate her to come out of the shadows is going to be her connection to Baby Yoda. Okay. Um, and what else? I don't know. I don't know if I have any other so, big predictions except um, that. Sorry. I, I, okay. So as you know, I, I, I've talked about it on the show before I brought it up earlier. I do watch other, I watch YouTubers. I watch, you know, podcasters yeah. and uh, a couple of them that I watch. Um, I'm not going to throw any names just cause I don't want you to, to watch them and be like, <laughs> like Kev's ripping this guy off or whatever, right? <laughs> but anyways, um, one in particular I was watching, and this person um, thinks is her her. I'll say it's a her. Uh, her prediction is that um, Ahsoka Tano is going to sacrifice herself to save Baby Yoda, and I kind of I kind of see that happening. Because people think she's dead by the for, by uh, by um, uh, Rise of Skywalker, right? Well, she would be, yes, because she's uh, nope. she's a Force ghost, obviously. Yeah, but we, Dave Filoni we, said that's we, not true. Oh yeah, because you hear yeah. her voice in Ray's yeah, head. No, right? people people said that. People said, "Oh my God, Ahsoka mm-hmm. Tano's dead," because her mm-hmm. voice is in the end of that. Apparently, no. Uh, Lucasfilm came out and said, "No, that's not what that means." Okay. But yeah, no. So. Uh, when this person said that, I was like, you know what? That kind of makes sense because I thought yeah. exactly what what you just said. She's obviously not alive in Rise of the Skywalker, so um, right. yeah. So that was my first thing. Um, well, then again, there is what thirty years in between now yep. and Rise. So, but anyways, yeah. Um, you know, she could die, but I, they're going to give her her own series first. Right. So Mm -hmm. she's not going to die in Mandalorian. Um, so, uh, it's, it won't be part of the plot of this series. No way. Um, if, 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 if any major hero sacrifices themselves in this series, it's going to be Mando, uh, because he's, he's the Christ like ever suffering heroic figure of this show. Um, 
and that would be just uh, a perfect way to to end his character, really, to to uh, inspire the Mandalorian people with his great sacrifice, and you know, reunify his people, and and you know, bring you know prosperity back or whatever. Blah blah blah. Anyway, yeah. <clears throat> uh, I don't know. Are we done? I think yeah. uh, I think that I may I may have blown my load here, Kev. I think. Uh, yeah. No, I uh, think. Uh, we covered we covered the episode we covered uh everything where where we think well uh mostly you but where where we think that this uh this is going I haven't even started on my on all my predictions yeah. I okay I have a I have a no I I'm, I'm going to save I'm going to save some stuff you know what yeah, we're okay. going to have we're going to have Benjamin Hart back from Star Wars Underworld mm-hmm. uh, uh I, I I missed the guy and we're going to bring him back before the finale to talk about Star Wars in general, to talk about Mandalorian mostly, but um, to talk about like a lot of my big predictions too. Yeah, and Kev, I'm going to debut a new thing. Um, I'm going to ask you and our friend Ben Hart from Star Wars Underworld to help me in writing my script that I'm going to submit to Disney Plus for the first ever Star Wars sitcom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm writing it. Technically, writing. there well, it wasn't a sitcom, but uh, that um, uh, it got canceled. Oh my god, what was it called again? But it was a cartoon where it was just kind of like it was kind of like a robot chicken, but it was it was made by Disney, licensed by Disney. Yeah, but it was licensed by Disney. Um, oh my god, what's it called? I, if Jeremy was on the show, he'd know. Um, <laughs> he would know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, fuck. Anyway, the yeah, first ever really, live action. It got canceled. Sorry. Anyways, long story short, it, it was going to get made and it got sure it got canceled. But there's there's a chance that they might release it still, like what they made. Right. So well, and I'm drawing a blank on what it's called, but it, it's not a sitcom like you're saying. It's not a sitcom. Right. It was like a, um, uh, like I said, it was kind of like a robot chicken, but it right. was made by Disney. Right. <laughs> right. Well, anyway. I'm mm-hmm. going to release, I'm going to be previewing the plot of my Star Wars sitcom that I'm writing for Disney Plus. Live action, 30 minute weekly sitcom. Mm-hmm. Exclusively on Disney Plus. Written by yours truly. Maybe I'll get some help from you. Detours. That's what it was called. Detours. Star Wars Detours. Detours. Oh, yeah. I recall something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, we'll look forward to that coming up. And right. uh, I don't good. know, Kev. I don't know, Kev. I think that might be all for episode 61 of Too Old for This Podcast. What do you think? Um, let's see what uh, Janet thinks. That's the end? Oh, Janet. I'm afraid it is. I'm afraid it is. Miss Jackson. Because <laughs> I happen to be nasty. <laughs> Sorry, Miss Jackson. I'm for real. Ooh. The show may be over. But we'll be back. Don't worry. With episode sixty-two, yep. very soon after yep. episode after chapter thirteen drops, no doubt. No doubt. Thank you for listening, and uh, come back soon. And mm-hmm. uh, till next time, just chill. Till the next episode.